Hello everyone, this is Deborah Richardson and today I am putting the AP in Happy where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. This podcast will give a voice to accounts payable team members by talking about the growing reality of cyber attacks in their world and which vendor setup and vendor management techniques they can apply to protect the vendor master file from fraud. Are you or your team performing all possible vendor validations? Do you know which documents have the key data you need to confirm that the vendor you are about to create or update is real? Be sure by downloading the vendor validation reference list. It also has links to all the resources listed. Download at www. Dot Deborah D E B R A R Richardson R I C H A R D S O N dot com. Back talking about vendor self registration portals this week, this time expanding on one of the three ways to increase vendor adoption that I recommended in episode 85, and that was by not making it complicated or keeping it simple. Keep listening. Welcome to episode 86, Don't make your vendor self-registration portal too complicated or vendors won't register. In last week's podcast, episode 85, which was titled Three Ways to Increase Vendor Adoption for Your Vendor Self-Registration Portal, one of the three recommendations was to not make the portal too complicated. I gave an example, but the phrase too complicated I realized after being contacted by a vendor questioning one of the required fields in a vendor self-registration portal they were trying to fill out, I realized it deserved its own podcast episode. And I have to tell you, in addition to this podcast, I have a website that has blog posts and those blog posts, along with some other uh, content on my site, attracts a lot of visitors. And I didn't realize that the vendors are going on there too. And I do have a little chat box that I respond to during the day if you have questions. And actually last week I had one from a vendor who was trying to complete the registration in one of their clients' portals, and they got stuck. So they went out on the web, searched for something, found me, um, found my chatbot, asked me specifically if I knew what they needed to enter in a specific field, and I believe the field was SAP duplicate vendor ID. It was a required field and it was there for the vendor to complete. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't think that a vendor would know their SAP duplicate vendor ID. I honestly don't think a lot of vendors even know their vendor ID. I don't really care what system you're in. Um, But if you require a vendor ID in a vendor registration portal, you usually include some instruction on how to find it. Now, 
I don't know if maybe they did provide some instruction on how to find the SAP duplicate vendor ID or not, and that this person just wasn't taking advantage of it. But I will say that anytime someone has to stop, a vendor has to stop um, filling out the registration and go to the internet and try to search to see what is required in the field that's in this portal and it's a required field, then you've got a huge potential for that supplier to just exit that registration halfway through or wherever they stopped at and not return. So now there's an abandoned registration that someone on your team or someone on that uh, company's team is going to have to follow up on and creates and really just create more work. So again, after that, I figured that this subject required its own podcast. So let's think about it first from the vendor side. Um, Newton's third law is for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. So what does that mean related to accounts payable or AP implementing a vendor self-registration portal? Well, it means that for every AP vendor portal implemented, there are accounts receivable or ART members or finance managers in my recent contact that I just mentioned before that must register in the portal and maintain their vendor profile. That's what it means. And then you also have to think about the fact that your vendors have your one vendor self-registration portal, and then they have another for equally large and important client that can say, hey, you register in this portal or you don't get paid. And then another and another, and pretty soon they have many portals that they must register in and maintain their profile. And I wasn't even talking about those uh, portals that are out there to submit invoices or POs. And so you put all that together and you have a lot of portals that the AR team members or other team members at your vendors need to maintain. So make it as easy as possible to get what you need and make successful payments, remain compliant with regulatory agencies and reduce fraud risk. So here are some tips based on my experience implementing a vendor self-registration portal and also helping clients design vendor self-registration portals. So here are some tips to keep it simple and make registration easier. So the first one, and it is huge, it's reduced the number of fields. So think about whether you really need to put every vendor process into the portal. Yes, the vendor needs to complete their data in order to set up their vendor record and be paid. However, beyond that, refrain from having a separate process that makes it convenient for your vendor team to not have to enter, but really shifts the entry to the vendor. So a couple of good examples. And if you're SAP, you understand the bank address and how that bank table that houses the bank address can just be fraught with inaccurate information. And it's just hard to maintain and keep up. So the temptation now that you have a portal is to have the vendor input that information. But one, how do you know the vendor has the updated information? Because they're using uh, 
copies of bank letters that they've gotten since 1992. And you know, with bank mergers and acquisitions, that changes. And they don't update the banking letterhead that they give you. And so you don't really want to count on the vendors. Now, there are some portals out there that have this functionality where they can pre-populate the bank address based on the routing number, SWIFT number, BIC, code or the IBAN. So make sure that uh, if you're in the market for a vendor self-registration portal, you check things like that, that can make it easier on your vendor team and on the vendor. So the next one is what I mentioned before with the vendor that reached out to me and it's the duplicate vendor ID. And actually, if I didn't mention it, it was a required field and the vendor had no way of knowing what that was. So let's take the duplicate ID a bit further with the next one and just talk about the vendor ID. So many vendors do not know their vendor ID, especially in cases where the task of completing the registration falls to someone, does that does not normally have access to this information. As I mentioned in my example earlier, it was the finance manager that reached out to me and that finance manager was not the same person that posted the payments that came in. So if needed, remove the requirement or provide instruction to the vendor of how to find their vendor ID. And just so you know, I am in favor of, you, you do need to have the ERP or accounting system vendor ID in the portal, but whether the point is whether or not you make the supplier key that in or whether or not you derive that based on their tax ID or other information. So just keep that in mind that if you are going to require it, you need to provide instruction to the vendor of how to find it. Okay, so the last one that I wanna talk about that really transfers the uh, onus or the manual input from the vendor team to the vendor is fields like the vendor category or the spin type. So. I've seen some portals where you have a list of different um, categories or spin types or other list values that your vendor needs to select. One, your vendor may not know what you mean by those list of values. So if you do have that and it is required, make sure that you provide your vendor with an explanation or a description of each of those values so that they select the right one. Better, in my opinion, is to see if there is a way to pre-populate that field or those fields based on the account group, the company codes, whatever um, fields in your ERP that you use to designate category, spin type, or whatever list values you have. Um, see if you can derive that based on the entity selection that comes from the invite. and the process of the portal and inviting the vendor is initially you have to have an internal employee fill out that invite while that internal employee is filling out the account group the company code the purchase org those things that your vendor won't know so see if you can derive those list values the correct one based on what your internal employee um, selects or put that 
field on the invitation. So the internal uh, employee that's sending the inv uh, invitation can um, populate that value. Okay, so now that we've talked about the reduction of the number of fields and then some of those fields that I think are being transferred from the vendor team or the internal to the vendor, let's talk about some other ways to keep it simple and make registration easier. So one of the ways um, is to provide some hover text with explanation of each field. And I talked about the fields before to make sure you provide some instruction. Um, this makes it easier for the vendor to understand the purpose of the field without having to access or the reference or your instructions. So that makes it easier. Another way is, and this is actually a big way, is to offer a choice of default languages. So you want to pull your vendor list and identify the country locations of your vendors and then also include the volume of activity. And you can also work with other stakeholders because what you're trying to do is understand what language barriers um, they see, what language barriers that may be an issue in the portal. I know when I was a practitioner, I we had some language barriers around our ACH form because some vendors in other countries just didn't understand it. Well, you'll have that same issue in the portal. So you want to make sure that you have some default languages uh, in the portal and have the uh, users be able to change to those default languages and you also want to make sure you create instructions in those default local languages as well. So you want to poll your uh, vendors, your stakeholders, and identify what lang local languages you need most in the portal and make sure you have those and make sure you also have your instructions in those local languages as well. And then the last one that I have is really to just set realistic expectations. So I talked before about creating and sending that invitation. When you send that invitation, it will contain login information and instructions for the vendors to register. And it should also include realistic times and what documents they need to register. And by times, I mean something like if your email says it takes, it will take 10 to 15 minutes to get through the registration, then make sure it takes that long. If they need an IRS form W-9 and an insurance certificate, say that. The result of unrealistic expectations um, is abandoned registrations, which then you have to deal with. So have people test. Make sure that uh, people come in and test, not the project leads, not the IT folks that configured it, but have some green folks come in and just test maybe as a pilot to make sure that if you say that registration takes 10 to 15 minutes to fill out, that someone brand new like your vendor would be, would only take 10 to 15 minutes to complete. So that was it. And I just want to point out that I love vendor self-registration portals. I think they are a great investment for AP to standardize and reduce fraud from the vendor setup and maintenance function. But let's also make it an equally great investment for your vendor and provide them with a simple, secure way to ensure that they get their payments successfully and on time. 
And if you want more information on a vendor self-registration portal journey, please see my on-demand webinar recording. It's called A Journey, Implementing a Vendor Self-Registration Portal. You'll be able to listen to the recording, download the presentation, and also a free Excel template for a portal candidate evaluation. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes. So thanks everyone. I hope you enjoyed the 86th episode of the Putting the AP in Happy podcast, where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. Don't forget to check the show notes for the links mentioned in the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing and writing a review of my podcast on the platform that you use to listen. Stay happy.